0: Gamecocks Now! It's the ultimate USC sports newsletter. Get inside access to all Carolina sports year-round. Written by Post and Courier reporter David Kloniger, Gamecocks Now includes insights and experience from his over 20 years on the beat. You won't find this from anyone else. Plus subscribers get access to all Carolina and Clemson sports stories on the Post and Courier's website. Start your two week free trial today at postandcourier.com slash Now! Hi, welcome to the Post and Courier's Countdown to Kickoff. I'm Gene Sapikoff, college sports editor and columnist at the Post and Courier, and this is our weekly visit with David Kloniger, the Post and Courier's esteemed, award-winning Gamecocks beat reporter. David, let's talk about Texas A&M versus South Carolina. Fair week in Columbia, Williams-Price Stadium, a nice primetime kickoff. What do you think about this game in brief?
1: It's uh, it's going to be an interesting one, Gene. Uh, normally when Texas A&M comes up on the schedule, I say, ah, well, that's a loss because South Carolina's never beaten Texas A&M. Uh, but uh, this year, if South Carolina's ever going to do it, this is the chance. Texas A&M is reeling. South Carolina is confident. So they just got to go tee it up and play on Saturday night.
0: All right. Both teams have had two weeks to prepare. That should be
1: fairly interesting. Um,
0: you know, if you look at it, Jimbo Fisher, his last couple of years at Florida State and at Texas A&M, has not done all that well with two weeks to prepare. He he has a pretty good bowl record at Texas A&M. They, they sort of uh, backed out of that game against Wake Forest in Jacksonville last year, citing COVID issues. And uh, Shane Beamer, on the other hand, a really nice win against Florida coming off a bye week last year. And then, of course, with extra time to prepare, the Gamecocks Never looked better under Shane Beamer than against North Carolina in the bowl game. Uh, Before we go on much farther, I should say that if you want more really cool insights from David Kloniger on and off the field, he'll talk about the fair. He'll talk about the Gamecocks. He'll talk about movies, rock and roll, all kinds of stuff. Check out his newsletter at postandcourier.com slash Gamecocks now. That's postandcourier.com slash Gamecocks now. David, uh, before we get to some other stuff, I want to ask you about RJ Roderick, uh, not on the squad anymore. Uh, the uh, defensive back from Kane Bay. What does that mean for the depth for South Carolina?
1: Well, Gene, it, it doesn't help. I mean, USC was playing pretty thin in the secondary anyway, but in this case, it's not like they're not used to not having Roderick available. He's been a guy who got hurt in the very first game, and he's only played in three of the six games since. So they had to go ahead and get used to it quick. They thought that he would be back at some point, which meant, well, hey, maybe you can rest the guys who have replaced him with Nick Worry, and D.Q. Smith. Now they won't be able to. <clears throat> but um, the fact is... Is, is that, you know, nothing against RJ. He's a good kid. He, he was basically a four-year starter, but he got Wally pipped. Uh, you know, he got hurt, had to take a seat down, and uh, Nick Imanwari took his place and is going to be a freshman All-American. So, uh, you know, you say, hey, it, it happened to Wally pipped and Lou Gehrig became great, uh, and you just hope that RJ goes somewhere and, and plays his final season next year and can, uh, you know, continue his path on into the pros.
0: David, let's talk about Evan Wari and a few other guys, Edmund and some others. Um, Evan Worry in particular, just not very highly recruited. What does that say about Shane Beamer's staff's ability to identify recruits and develop
1: players in a hurry? Yeah, that's one thing, Gene. You know, sometimes you got to get these diamonds in the rough. You never know where they're going to be. And Nick was a big athletic kid, 6'4", long arms, rangy. But I think a lot of coaches looked at him and said – what do we do with this guy? I mean he's he's not that big to play linebacker and I don't know if he's heavy enough to play defensive end and I mean a 6-4 safety. I don't know if he'll be that good back there, but Clayton White looked at him and said, "I can use that kid." I, I can use him, so let me have him, and we'll turn him into a safety. That's what they've done, and he stepped in in that first game, and he has played great. Uh, South Carolina's leading tackler right now, so it's not only about the stars. Although, you know, the, I've always said stars aren't the end all, be all of a recruit, but the more five star, four star guys you get the more likely they're going to play like they're ranking. So USC is getting those guys on the recruiting trail right now. But when you get basically a guy like uh, Nick M. And Worry, ah, you know, local kid, local athlete, we'll give him a chance. And he becomes a star as a starter, so much the better. And you just hope that you keep unearthing a few of those guys as you go along the recruiting trail.
0: Welcome again to Countdown to Kickoff, the Post and Courier's weekly look at Gamecock football. And if you'd like to check out David Kloniger's newsletter, go to slash Gamecocks Now. David, let's flip to the other side of the football. And uh, wow, Marshawn Lloyd, that guy just continues to shine more and more. This is the Marshawn Lloyd that was advertised, of course, you know, got injured uh, early on in his career. And then, you know, it takes a while to come back from a knee injury like that. But against Kentucky in previous games, I mean, he's just looked really good. Your thoughts?
1: Oh, yeah, and he's been the linchpin of this offense, Gene. Uh, you know, Spencer Rattler played a great second half against Kentucky. He did not have a great first half. And, you know, if your quarterback's not having a great first half, it's tough for the other guys too. But USC has had the benefit the last three games. They're like, hey, man, quarterback struggling, not feeling it. Don't worry about it. Just hand it to old Stud Halls so there in the backfield, and he'll be able to get something. So he uh, ran for over 100, uh, you know, against uh, Charlotte, I believe it was. He's had great games against SEC. State and Kentucky. And uh, that's what they need him to do. He's been the most stable part of an offense that can be pretty sporadic. And uh, you know, the facts are the numbers uh tell USC what it needs to do against AM. Marshawn Lloyd is playing great. He's confident, he's lathered up. Texas AM has the second worst rushing defense in the entire Southeastern Conference. I, I think you see what needs to be done here. So uh, South Carolina just needs to go out there on Saturday and say, give him the ball. And if he gets held up a couple times early, don't worry about it. Just keep giving him the ball. Okay, David, let's, uh,
0: let's move to perhaps the most important cultural event and distinctive <laughs> cultural event in the Palmetto State. That is the South Carolina State Fair right across the street from Williams Bryce Stadium, fair week at a football game. It doesn't get much better than that. So two questions, David. Will you meet people at the Rocket? And uh, what is your favorite fair food?
1: Uh, well, you know, Hey, maybe I can get out there early and, and meet folks at the rocket, but on the flip side, I'll buy you uh, an elephant ear. If you buy a subscription to the posting carrier, everybody wins, you know, how about that? So, uh, I, I like the, uh, the, the butterfly fries or the, the fisk fries, you know, it's like a big heap of them and they're all attached to them, you know, drowned in vinegar. Those are usually my favorite. And I usually get a corn dog and then, uh, try one of the fried Oreo snicker bars, you know, whatever they're frying this year. I'll usually try it. I believe that the treat this year is a fried moon pie, which I thought if you're going to have that, do you have a fried RC Cola on the side? I mean, you can't have a moon pie without RC Cola. That's in the Bible somewhere. So, but it's uh, it'll, it's, it's always going to be fun. Um, obviously 730 kick. Here's how it breaks down Gamecock fans. If you're coming, they quit letting people into the fair at 9 p.m. All right. The rides run until midnight. So for folks coming to the game, or really folks coming to the fair, if you expect to get out quick from the football game or the fair, it's not going to happen. So bring your extra tailgating supplies, bring a book, bring a magazine, bring a post and courier so you'll have something to read because uh, you're going to be waiting for a while after the game Saturday night.
0: That right there is vintage DC right there. Vintage David Kloniger. Okay, David, uh, more on the fair food. What is the
1: weirdest deep
0: fried item you have ever tasted
1: in public? Fried fried Pepsi? I don't even know how they do it, but apparently it's like if you pour Pepsi into a vat of hot oil, it floats. And then it fries and gets a crust on it and everything. And then they put it in a little cup. And I'm like, I'm more of a Coca-Cola man myself, so I wouldn't eat fried Pepsi. But that and the fried butter... I'm like, isn't it bad enough you get a cup of melted butter to go with whatever they're giving you, and now you're going to fry it, too? I mean, this is the kind of thing where outside of the the various tents, you know, for your Italian sausage and your pizza and your corn dogs, you ought to have a cardiologist on call, you know. Just go ahead and run through and, and get checked out after you eat all this stuff. But, uh, you know... It's an event. Um, it's definitely something you got to plan for. Uh, I'm always partial to the uh, cheeseburger that has two Krispy Kreme donuts as the buns. Those have always been my jam, but you, you got to hold yourself to one a year. I mean, that's that's more than enough for anybody.
0: Outstanding. All right, we're here with David Kloniger on Post and Courier's Countdown to Kickoff. If you'd like to check out his newsletter, go to postandcourier.com slash Gamecocks now. David, that SEC East is getting stranger and stranger. Um, I think you got to look at Tennessee now as an elite team after beating Alabama and Hendon Hooker as a leading Heisman Trophy candidate. That game in Columbia is going to be more and more difficult. On the flip side, I don't know about these Florida Gators under Billy Napier in this first year. I mean, they looked good, obviously, in that game uh, in which they beat Utah to start with. I think that game's going to be looked at one of the strangest aberrations of the whole college football season when we're all done with it. And the Florida Gators uh, are are really having a time and I'm just not sure they can fix that except through recruiting. So I ask you your thoughts on Tennessee at the top and the Florida Gators uh, bumbling around.
1: Well, that's the thing, Gene. I mean, I think I told you at the beginning of the season that I didn't think Florida would be very good. They've got a transcendent player and quarterback Anthony Richardson. But the rest, you're gonna have to recruit your way out of this because it really slipped in the last couple of years under Dan Mullen. The recruits are on the way. Their class right now, I believe, is top 10, maybe number eight, if I'm not mistaken. But those guys aren't here yet. So you got to go through this year to get to next year. Billy Napier is a good coach. He knows what he's doing. But it's why, even before the season, a lot of people are like, man, USC playing down at Florida, that's probably a r- loss It's on the road. I thought, I don't think so. I think USC could very clearly be the better team going into Gainesville. Of course, that's a few weeks away, but, you know, right now, that looks like South Carolina could go down there and win. So we'll see how that goes. That's Tennessee. High-flying offense, it's fun. A lot of kids like to come and play for it. That's why they're winning. They did the same thing last year. And this year, their defense is doing just enough to get by. That wasn't the case last year. Uh, you know, got a big win against Alabama. they still got to go get past Georgia. But it's like I've always said about Tennessee, Gene, all you got to do is stop them a couple of times because their defense will not be able to stop you. The problem is no one's been able to stop them consistently. Alabama had the game ready. Um, I don't understand why when you have the ball and two timeouts and, you know, less than 30 seconds to go, you don't just start calling runs to say, go ahead and set up the field goal. If you make it, you win. If you lose, you go to overtime. Or if you don't make it, you go to overtime. They called three straight pass plays. Didn't work, missed a field goal. And now Tennessee had great field possession to go down and win the game. But that's Alabama. So uh, uh the, the game that at uh, Williams Bryce is not looking real promising at present. But again, if they can just somehow knock Tennessee off its kilter and just don't let them score on a couple of drives while you continue to score, you got to make them play catch up. That said, they've earned what they got right now, and they're gonna be a very tough out because Gene, they're confident. How could they not be after beating Alabama and being 7-0 and and being at their best location probably since their title year of 1998? But, uh, you know, <laughs> pride goeth before the fall, Gene. And uh, not a lot of people got more pride than Tennessee football fans.
0: All right, David, you know what it is. It's that time of countdown to kickoff when I ask you for a prediction. Mm. South Carolina versus Texas A&M Saturday night, williams Bryce Stadium. Let's have it, Kleiniger.
1: It's uh, been going back and forth in my brain, Gene, because I think that USC has got more momentum. I think that there's a very easy path for them to win this game. I also have known that this would not be the first time, nor the 20th time, that South Carolina was all hyped up and excited for a night home game, and then came out and totally laid an egg. So, based on that, South Carolina 21, Texas A&M 24.
0: All right. Should be exciting. For David Kloniger, I'm Gene Sapikoff of the Charleston Post and Courier. Thank you for joining us on Countdown to Kickoff. And DC, please save me a Krispy Kreme cheeseburger.
1: I'll have it waiting for you in the press box.